Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing, environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders we hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best the american technion society world-changing discoveries by israel's brightest minds made possible by you Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th wartime diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, so if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. Hi, can I ask you what you're doing? I'm preparing vegetables for sandwiches. We finished the onions, and now we're on the tomatoes. But how much? Ten. And what are you This is the, the biggest pile of chuma, which is a spread made of uh, hot peppers and garlic and olive oil that I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if you understand, this is about 40 kilos of that, and that's some spicy stuff. So I hope the soldiers are... Uh, I like spicy food. <laughs> How many tomatoes have you cut? Wow, I think maybe five thousand. I don't know. <laughs> what do you do in normal times? <laughs> Teaching math for students. And uh, how did you think of volunteering here? I felt bad with myself that I am doing nothing to help. And uh, then I searched for uh, all kinds of, of uh, volunteering. And uh, I like this uh, coffee, Mesha uh, Cafein. And I wanted to, to make something n- nutritious for the soldiers, not, not only, uh, you know, junk food. So I like the idea. Hey, listeners, it's Mishi. 
So, as you know, during these incredibly difficult days, we're trying to bring you voices we're hearing among and around us. These aren't stories, they're just quick conversations, or postcards really, that try to capture slivers of life right now. We're obviously not the only ones doing this kind of work. Go to our website, israelstory.org, for a list of other projects collecting wartime stories and testimonies. You know, what fills me and many, many others with hope during these dark times is, of course, the way in which Israeli civil society has risen to the occasion. Tens and hundreds of thousands of ordinary people, of every possible social group, have dropped everything and are, each in his or her own way, big or small, trying to pitch in, to volunteer, to help. Yesterday we heard from Ofer Tamir, who came down from Na'alal in the north to Kibbutz Kisufim on the border with Gaza, in order to evacuate cows. And today, we'll hear from 44-year-old Hidayo Faim, a chef, a farmer, and a truly inspiring social entrepreneur. Okay, hi, good morning. Good morning. Can you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is uh, Hidayo Faim. I'm one of the founders and co-owners of the Ofaim model farms for sustainable agriculture. We grow from seed to table anything between um, free-range organic uh, eggs to um, dairy products of organic goats, uh, fruit, vegetables. We make our own uh, jams, olive oils, honey, and everything. And we also own the farm stores and the farm cafes and restaurants in which we sell our produce. And where are we now? Right now, we are in one of our locations in Jerusalem. Um, it is called the Hansen House, which was a leper's colony about 150 years ago. And we operate a, a cafe and a farm shop in it, as well as a bar. Uh, this is one of our uh, larger locations, so we are currently operate it as a relief kitchen, as a relief center for uh, families of victims, for families of kidnapped, for soldiers in the front, um, uh, medical teams, volunteers, and anyone who needs fresh, healthy uh, food from this operation, supported by almost 750 volunteers, um, a lot of uh, people who are bringing in anything from onions to money, uh, to support the effort, and we've been doing it from October 8th, so meaning from Sunday, right after the war uh, broke. I woke up on um, Saturday morning from the sirens, waking up my kids and going down to the bomb shelter that we have in our house. Um, we, at the beginning, we thought it was just, you know, another uh, harassment, uh, but slowly, slowly, because we have a lot of friends in the, in the area of, um, that surrounds Gaza, we started to understand uh, what's going on. At 11, I already called the unit, nobody answered me, my army unit. I discovered after that they, they were all involved in the fighting because they are a reconnaissance unit, so they immediately they were the first ones to arrive at the fighting area, and uh, unfortunately we lost uh, six members of my army unit in the, in the first couple of hours. And then I started calling anyone I know, and I said, I'm coming, where should I come? And they said, wait home. And then uh, they said, we have so many younger and more trained people than you at this point. And you were disappointed that you weren't called up for reserve duty? You know, when, when, when a war effort begins or when there's an attack, you immediately think of the first thing 
needed, which is immediate protection. And immediate protection is with, uh, with the army or with, with, with security forces. I, I, I was a soldier for quite a long time uh, in an elite reconnaissance unit, and I was an officer, and I served over six years um, to begin with, and then reserves all those years. I have since stopped uh, doing reserves because I got older and, and I was less needed. Um, and I and I also, in the daily life in Israel, I did not feel comfortable with a lot of my or not feel comfortable is an understatement. I opposed uh, a lot of what uh, my government has done on my behalf with regards to um, controlling another people and with regards to the 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 efforts that were made uh, not in the right direction, not in the direction of peace. Uh, but then again, the minute something like this happened, which is so immediate, which is so straightforward, which is so black and white, you know, I do not have any equivalence. I do not have any symmetry in this. I do not see them as freedom fighter. I do not. This is pure fundamentalistic ideology and evil. Um, then you know, then I would do anything needed to protect my immediate family. It's my immediate circle of friends. It's my immediate community. So uh, yes, yeah, so I was hoping to be recruited, but um, then I decided I'll pull my weight somewhere else. And I do feel that um, currently what we are doing probably at least equals what I would have done in the army had I gone. So Sunday early morning, we just came into our shops and restaurants and started taking out all of the. Uh, things that we already had prepared and uh, pack them and process them and send them to soldiers just as a grassroots uh, initiative and uh, and we started really with our own team who all just jumped in to volunteer and uh, and then we understood we're going to need infrastructure so we built a, a volunteer organization and we have an NGO to collect funds etc etc and we're building it day by day hopefully not for long I have to say that like us there are hundreds and thousands of initiatives um, and we all work together the level of sympathy and of collegiality between the organizations and between the people who some of them I've known for many years but many of them are from a completely different section of the Israeli society these are people that I wouldn't have met in any other way everybody's doing something and uh, we just know that we need to pull our own weight Nobody else is going to do it for us. We are the state. It's not, there isn't a state and us. There isn't a government and us. Um, we are not here to wait to be served. Uh, but, but, but then again, we are only making food. People need weapons. People need shelters. People need humanitarian support. People need psychological support. We are the fuel, but we are not the essence. Um, and we all work together. And, and where is the food going? Uh, almost everywhere. Uh, starting with evacuated communities, which are dislocated into hotels or villages across the country. Uh, families that are sitting Shiva, that are mourning, or families of hostages that are kept together in hotels or different. Um, a lot of it is going to soldiers and reserve soldiers. Uh, around Gaza and in the northern border uh, and a lot is going to volunteers that are doing days and nights in Magen David Adom, hospitals, um, civil society, volunteers that are operating a lot of the 
first uh, command rooms, aid organizations. So we try and send everybody. We have demand which is three times or four times more than we can even produce. How much are you producing? We're producing about uh, well 10,000 meals a day. And what is a meal? A meal would be anything from you know couscous with fish bowls and, and vegetables and a salad and tahini and what's not. Uh, there's a lot of um, sandwiches, healthy, big, uh, nutritious sandwiches that also we, we send with some you know baked goods and pastries, etc. So it depends what they need and where they are. And do you hear back from the people eating the food? Yes, constantly. We get. I can show you on my on my cell phone. It's ridiculous. People are very, very uh, heart warmed by this and grateful. Um, and and we feel that this is the look, we're doing it for two reasons. One, people need to be fed, but not less importantly, people need to make food. We need this at least as much as the people to whom we send the food needs this. You know, the rabbi from Kotsk said, words that comes out of the heart gets into the heart of others but especially into the heart of those who said them so when we send something when it echoes in the messages we get back from the people who receive them it works back on our heart and that's the story i think can you show me inside of course yeah so right now we're in uh, the main hall which usually serves as a cafe so these are the cafe tables that everybody is gathered around. You see about 30 people right now in here, and then there's more in the kitchen and more in the packing room and more in the sorting of the produce that arrives. Um, this group is making a vegetable salad, um, fresh tomatoes and cucumbers and, uh, and onions and mint leaves and what's not with olive oil and, and lemon. This group is making sandwiches with organic goat cheese. This group over there is making fricasse, which is a Tunisian sandwich with tuna and uh, eggs and pickled lemons, etc. It's the food that I would make my children. This guy, by the way, is a almost doctor. He's finishing his, uh, his medical school well right now. And um, because he's in between shifts, they didn't need him at the hospital. And he came back here. He was a chef here. He was a cook here uh, when he was a student some five or six years ago. And he just immediately, he just showed up and said, I'm in the kitchen, whatever is needed. And he's here 18 hours a day. Um, and so many are like him. People have left homes, have left schools, have left work. And everyone is a volunteer? Every single one. Every single one. It's incredible. It is, um, you know what? It's what I would have expected. It's incredible and expected at the same time. We are an incredible people. Idai, how can people get involved? Volunteering is always good, but we do have many working hands, as you can see. I think the best way at this point is by uh, funding it, is by supporting it with, uh, with money. Each meal costs about 10 shekels, which is roughly uh, $2.5, $3. And any dollar helps, any shekel helps. So if anybody wants to join the effort, um, we'll put a link maybe in. in sure. And, and then people can just uh, donate from there.
Thank you. 